Hello. How are you? I have my wand this time. Yes, you do. I see that. Ah. How are you? Happy Sunday. It's Sunday. It's been a hot day, mm-hmm. hot week. Mm-hmm. Uh, had to uh, get the sprinklers going in particular to spare some of our trees from the, just how hot it's been. You yeah. know when big old trees are starting to look sad that it's 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 hot <laughs> and it's droughty. Yep. 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 <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's that time of summer where I'm just like, oh, I don't really... It's hard to move around a lot. Mm-hmm. Even inside the house, it's like, oh my goodness. My gosh. Yeah. It's hard to go out. We've went out, you know, maybe a few times and here and there. Got closed down again. Yeah, but even like, I mean, even going out to like do pickup or something, mm-hmm. only a handful of times because it's like so much. What else is going on? I don't know. Wizards Unite, there's updates coming soon. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a little salty. Are you in, are because, you in a mood right yeah, now? Yeah, we're in the middle of a brilliant event, and uh, last time there was some dialogue missing, uh, and also typos. Yeah. This time we still have some dialogue. Wait, missing. typo or a clue? And no, I can't play that game. Um, I'm like, for anyone who knows me, I'm very very particular about not making little tiny mistakes, mm-hmm. and so it's driving me crazy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And yeah, so that's that's where we are with Wizards United. I don't know what's coming. We have a new revamp of the game, and I guess we'll see how it how it feels when it comes out. It's not out yet. We have like the update, but not the actual update is live or the right. updated part is live. So yeah, I'm just waiting on new stuff, like new foundables, new lesson plans, new. I mean, we're getting new stuff, but not, it's not what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we got an event like next weekend or something, right? Too. Yeah, Wizarding Weekend, which is also the same weekend as Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah, that should so. be fun. You're doing that, right? Yep, I am. I think I might do it too. Nice. Over level 32, but a million people have bought tickets. Yeah, how many of them are level 32? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> I'm sure there's some. Five. There's some. It's about to be six. People came back or started Pokemon Go late. You're you're just in that group. That's me. <laughs> I started day one. Down, yeah, you downloaded it uh, the just, first day. Uh, it's just like WoW, Vanilla WoW. I played it. Max level was 60. Started mm-hmm. day one, got to 51, quit for like eight months. <laughs> <laughs> like, not enough of this. And I came back. Uh, okay. One's ready? Yeah, one's ready. Turn to page 69, The Dementor. Today's lesson is called External Threat, a synopsis. The chapter begins with Harry preparing to take the Hogwarts Express back to school amidst a backdrop of having found out more about Sirius Black. He wants to share with Ron, but is getting interrupted by the chaos of all the Weasleys, him, and Hermione getting ready for Platform 9 and 3 quarters. He notices Mr. Weasley's subtle protective positions and eventually confesses that he overheard Mr. and Mrs. Weasley talking about Sirius Black. Mr. Weasley stresses that Harry not go looking for Black no matter what he hears before the kids finally disembark. On the train, our trio sit with a sleeping Professor Lupin. Harry recounts what he heard about Sirius Black before the train stops prematurely and is boarded by Dementors. One Dementor inspects their compartment before Harry hears screaming and passes out. Lupin gives the students chocolate to help them recover and they eventually arrive at Hogwarts but not before Neville accidentally spills that the Dementor affected Harry so badly to Malfoy, 
who promptly makes fun of him because of it. Mm-hmm. I was just looking because we have a model of an event tour back oh, here. Oh, we do. I'm going to grab like, it. Just a, Totally know, worth it. Creepy little... I don't even know. Like, I can't imagine encountering one of these things in real life. I feel like uh, for any sort of illustrative purposes. And also, you, if you have the illustrated version of the novel, maybe this chapter is just filled with Dementors. I'll I don't know. Put us into the right mood. Uh, yeah, look at this little creeper. <laughs> like, look at these. Okay, because there is a description about the hands, like the dead mm. deadness of it. Yep. Um, but yeah, the Dementor is... Uh, We'll set him right here. <laughs> yeah, they put us in the right mood to talk about such a thing. Yeah. You know what? Why don't I just dive right in? Sure. Because we talked about what we might research, and I figured you might also be interested in Dementors. I grabbed just a little bit. So mm-hmm. the articles, there's a lot, but it was the first time I had really read about them. So this is a lot from like interviews with J.K. Rowling. I just grabbed the first mm-hmm. three paragraphs of okay. the long article. So I'll read it to you. It's kind of long, but we'll pause maybe. So the history of Dementors in relation to Wizarding Society in Britain is inextricably tied up with one location, Azkaban. The island in the North Sea on which the wizard prison is built has never appeared on any map, wizard, or muggle. Perhaps its first resident, or even creator, Ekrizdis, practiced the worst kinds of dark magic and constructed a fortress on the island, luring muggle sailors there to torture and murder them. After his death, the various concealment charms (laughs) (laughs) placed on the island faded, and the ministry became aware of the mysterious site's existence. Okay, the guy who made Azkaban was a serial killer? Apparently, yes. Oh my gosh. Dark. Those who entered the deserted fortress to investigate discovered, among other horrors, an infestation of dementors. Fearing the reprisal of these dark entities should anyone try to evict them, the ministry decided to let the sizable colony remain unmolested and unchecked. Okay, so the guy dies. It appears on the map like they can now sense it. Mm. So somehow he was protecting himself, which is pretty good. Mm. Okay. When Damocles' role was elected Minister for Magic in 1718... He insisted on utilizing Azkaban's dark pedigree. So at this point, Azkaban is just an island. Mm. The Roll family is part of the Sacred 28. Yes, Regina. Regina Roll is current day, present day, Wizards Unite character. Mm -hmm. And I believe some Rolls were Death Eaters in Mm. the Second War. Uh, Seeing the Dementors as a potential asset, putting them to work as guards that would save expense time and lives. This plan was eventually put into motion, and despite protest, Azkaban remained the prison of the Wizarding World right up until the Second Wizarding War, which we will experience together, mostly because of its near-zero breakout rate. From that point on, the Dementors served the Ministry of Magic as the guards of Azkaban, as the arrangement allowed them to feed on the emotions of the prisoners within its walls. Somewhere between 1733 and 1747, Minister Eldritch Diggory visited Azkaban and was horrified at the sheer despair and insanity that Dementors induced within the prisoners. So this is only 20 years later, or so, 30 maybe. He formed a committee to find alternative solutions, the least of which was to remove the Dementors, which met opposition from those who feared a mainland invasion by the dark creatures if they were deprived of their food source. Alas, Diggory died of dragonpox while in office, and thus the campaign to find an alternative to Azkaban's Dementors stalled. 
that's probably enough. Yeah. Um, it's super intense. I feel like, uh, uh, so I don't know if it's like my current mind space, but like this book, I mean, I said in the previous episodes, we're talking about like, uh, you know, justice, confinement, like we're talking about like an institution like a prison and something as extreme as this in the wizarding world. And also like you reading a bit of the background of kind of like the political aspects of it. So you have these different ministers with approaches to things and then, all right, so Diggory got uh, dragon pox and died. And so <laughs> there's like this stall in the, I mean, we've talked about before the wizarding world is just like the muggle world in terms of the kinds of things that they grapple with. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Dementors. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's difficult to say what they are. It's not necessarily clear. Uh, we know what they do. And we know that there seem to be sentient beings. Um, but they're very animalistic, right? Like, it's just, they just feed feed on everything feed on they feed on harry's compartment and compatriots and make them all feel you know horrible mm-hmm. it's an uneasy alliance right off the bat i mean you can tell like madame pomfrey is mm-hmm. not excited about no. the fact that they're nearby her students yeah nor i guess is magano certain certainly lupin is like very aware of their presence and Dumbledore himself also speaks to it with uh, some tone. Yeah. I mean, so again, this is a little different than chamber of secrets in the sense of like, so in chamber of secrets, there was literally a threat in Hogwarts and because particular students were getting petrified and all this was happening. And the response was not, was the, Oh, come on. Like, let's like make adjustments and pretend like everything's normal. I mean, obviously it wasn't normal. But this is another situation where it's kind of like you have this um, this situation, serious black. No one has ever escaped Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Then you have this guy who supposedly the reason he's there is that he murdered a bunch of people and uh, is like one of the most watcher, however they described him, like he was on, like high on their like um, surveillance, even in Azkaban. He's out. He's out on high, the loose. High security or something. And, yeah. yeah, high security. And uh, so, of course, a bunch of people are very concerned about Harry Potter, but not telling him about it. He just happened to overhear. Eventually, we find that Arthur wants to tell him when they're going uh to Hogwarts and but Harry's like dude I already know I overheard you um but we're still in no one's canceling school and I know that that's like an extreme response is just be like oh like cancel school like we won't why would you have a gathered place or I don't know like there's there's always these questions especially with Harry Potter this is kind of like I wouldn't want Harry to be like isolated or under some rock or something you know hide Harry Potter that's not what I'm suggesting but it's interesting of like the the lengths that the adults go through to try to maintain whatever normalcy that they mm-hmm. uh, try to hold on to, even though like people, everyone knows about Sirius Black being out on the loose. It's all over the papers. It's all people talk about and all of mm-hmm. that. So, well, I mean, it certainly mirrors what's going on today. I feel like there's a severe, 
there's a severity question, like what, how severe is the threat? Mm. But what you said about like the Chamber of Secrets was where I kind of was going with, about the title, the, this idea of external threats, because it was this chapter that I started actually to think, I took a step back and took like a wider lens to what's going on here in the books and like what is the primary threat and what does it really do to sort of mature the story? And I think like in the first one, the threat is sort of amorphous, it's like not even a fully formed Voldemort, but it's also internal, like that he's just after something. He's not necessarily after Harry as much. Hmm. Then like in Chamber of Secrets, the threat like you start the threat starts to expand where now like, okay, it's an internal Hogwarts threat, but it's the past. So you get this sense of like there's some Maybe it's not that real. <laughs> or there's a history of like hmm. threat. It's not like one you know, only Harry has ever been under threat here. Mm-hmm. And now this one it's like now you're really seeing this is an external threat. This is somebody who really has no association with Hogwarts. Mm. Neither do the Dementors, but they are now in basically every, I mean, Sirius Black is basically in every chapter except for the first. Like he just keeps coming up and mm. he's this like enigmatic, like what 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 is the deal here? So we get this sense of like there's a history there are other evil people besides Voldemort because the, the like it's it's not a coincidence that in terms of maturing the the world for us that like in the second one there's a past but it's Voldemort is still the main threat mm-hmm. and this one it's like who who the heck is Sirius Black what we yeah. I didn't know there were other I mean well, Death Eaters it's but. interesting because Harry basically kind of dismisses it's when he's talking to Arthur and he's like oh. Well, whoever the serious black is, it's not like he can be worse than Voldemort. And like Voldemort tried to kill me multiple times. Like it's fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot where um, Harry, I feel like his frustration is starting to come out a little bit more. So like the scene you mentioned, Madame Pomfrey, and so like mm. that scene specifically stood out to me because, uh, well, not only do we find that she's kind of like you know her and McGonagall <laughs> exchange very. Uh, serious looks. yeah yeah <laughs> very serious first of all she comes in and she's just like oh you and i'm like all right madame pombry chill out it's fine <laughs> but harry is what dangerous thing have you been doing oh gosh. harry is trying to so this is i think also connected because it's in his inner thoughts about malfoy malfoy is like teasing him and whatever and actually with when the dementors come onto the train and then he harry is like the only one that was like on the ground and whatever and everyone's like are you okay um there's a line in there and i wrote it down um when he's like reflecting on it and it set in his thoughts he goes he also felt the beginnings of shame why has he gone to pieces like that when no one else had so like i feel like harry is more like he's trying to overcompensate and like i mean he doesn't seem to be that concerned everyone else seems to be very concerned he's kind of like whatever voldemort Mm -hmm. fine but he's also trying to like uh not have this because the adults keep coddling him i think he's also like resisting that and being like i'm fine i'm fine even if he's not fine like or he still feels like kind of whatever about it, like dizzy and weak. Well, I think Hogsmeade comes up as well, and I think mm. that's definitely part of this, right? Like he sees the opportunity of the wizarding world, and it get mm. part of it gets taken away from him yeah. uh, because of circumstances yeah. that really are completely out of his control. Yeah, for sure. Like his parents, I feel like if Sirius Black isn't out, mm-hmm. then somebody probably signs the letter for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, rules are rules. Right. On the train, uh, we had we had lots of stuff with the train. So I'll I'll go into some of my research now. Um, so I had this question because this is our third year trying to get onto platform nine and three quarters, and a question crossed my mind of like. How long has platform nine and three quarters existed? How long has this been like the reg- the norm for students going to Hogwarts? So apparently, um, the Hogwarts Express started at some point. Mm-hmm. So this uh, person who she was minister from eighteen twenty seven to eighteen thirty five, Adeline Gamble. Um, apparently. She has, oh, I'm saying she, I don't know if that's her pronouns, but uh, from Wizarding World, a much more forward-looking minister than the one previously, uh, Gamble established committees to investigate muggle brain power and was, like, very interested in muggle technology, and that led to this creation of the Hogwarts Express. Now, before the Hogwarts Express was created, uh, students would travel to hogwarts just it would be like the responsibility of the parents like oh just get the kid to hogwarts like and everyone was on their own so it wasn't this organized thing as we see like all of these like send-offs so some students rode broomsticks although that was difficult because they were carrying all their luggage and stuff uh which also would pose a challenge i would imagine to first year students like how are you riding broomsticks but other people uh commandeered enchanted carts and carriages some attempted to apparate, although I think you mentioned in one of the previous episodes you need a license to do that, and mm-hmm. also it's you know things can go wrong if you try to apparate. Mm-hmm. Um, others rode magical creatures like straight to Hogwarts. Um, then the International Statute of Secrecy was established in 1692. I feel mm-hmm. like I would love to if if I get any more in-depth storytelling in the wizarding world, I want to know, like, that time period mm-hmm. of, like, all of a sudden, I mean, I, I, yeah. So all mm-hmm. of a sudden, it's, like, secret underground, like, all this stuff, and just, like, I'm sure it was a bumpy ride getting that transition over there. So at that point, it became, like, this urgent matter of, like, okay, so how do we, because all those other methods, like, muggles would see them. Like, it was just kind of whatever all over the place. So people were like, yeah, I guess we should figure out a way to, like, discreetly get our kids to Hogwarts. How can we do that? So first, before Hogwarts, the Hogwarts Express was created, Mm -hmm. there were port keys that were just stationed all over Britain. And there was, it was, like, apparently, like, an attempt to be highly organized. Like, you would have a time slot, you would have to be at a particular port key at a particular time, and it was, like, this network of port keys and uh, apparently there were a lot of logistical problems, as you might imagine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Up to a third of students would fail to arrive every year, <laughs> having missed their time slot or being unable to find, you know, port keys are just ordinary garbage objects. Um, this is really funny. Also, students would get port keys sick and would be like, spend their first week or whatever just sick with nausea. <laughs> um, although... The ministry acknowledged port key. This this structure was not the best, the most ideal. Um, they couldn't really find an acceptable alternative. I would imagine so because you know if you have your again with the transition of everyone being secretive, I'm sure there were disagreements of how to do this or how to best do this. Uh, there's a suggestion to have a special 
fireplace in Hogwarts so that students could transport via flu powder, but that was rejected because people were concerned about security. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. And so then we have Adeline Gamble, who is like, hey, muggles have this like railroad system. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we also draw on that? And uh, so that's where that's let's where talk about it's... the internal combustion engine. <laughs> so the potential in trains that was from that minister, Minister Gamble, and uh, yeah. So where exactly the Hogwarts Express came from has never been proven conclusively. But like who made it? Yeah, hmm. uh, it is a fact that there are secret records at the Ministry of Magic detailing a mass operation. Involving oh 167 gosh. memory charms. They probably obliviated muggles. And the largest ever mass concealment charm performed in Britain. So the Hogwarts Express went through several notifications. As you can imagine, this happened also in a previous chapter where we were talking about the night bus and how mm -hmm. uh, pureblood families were just like scoffing at it. Pure blood families also scoffed at the idea of sending their precious little children on this Hogwarts I'm sure Express they did. because of I'm you sure know, they did. Muggle transport, which they claimed was unsafe, insanitary, unsanitary. I don't know. It, I says, don't know. it says insanitary and demeaning. But the ministry decreed that students either rode the train or did not attend school. Like, wow. I wonder who the minister was at the time. Yeah, yeah. It's probably one of these people. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so that was that was something. And then um, part of the concealment in the statute of secrecy is like, all right, so we're going to all decide to go on this secret train, but we should also probably conceal the platform that we're like gathering all these witches mm -hmm. and wizards together. So it was another minister, Evangeline Orpington, who came up with a solution that they would have a concealed platform in King's Cross Station, and it would be only ac accessible by witches and wizards, although we do know that Hermione's parents are on the platform with her, or at least maybe they're on the platform in King's Cross. I don't know if they can actually get through. Regardless, uh, so that's how the platform nine and three quarters was also part of this larger operation. Mm -hmm. And there are some plain clothed Ministry of Magic officials that hang out nearby just in case there's like you know couldn't help Harry and Ron last year though right? <laughs> no accidents and uh, muggles notice <laughs> so that sort of memory charm will be done on them um, and then the last tidbit on this for JK Rowling King's Cross uh, one of London's main railway railway stations yes I've been there real place Mm -hmm. um, has a personal significance because her parents met on a train to Scotland, which departed from King's Cross Station. Yes. And so she also said that uh, because of the likelihood that if you were at King's Cross, that there would be a train that would go towards the direction of Hogwarts, that it seemed to fit for her purposes in writing. Could yes. hide it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Wow. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I had never really, I had never thought about, like, prior to the Hogwarts Express, how people got to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. It cracks me up that a third of students didn't show up and there was no like, remedy. Okay, oh, can't, well. can't think of anything. Maybe you could do port keys, like, you know, multiple times. Oh, man. They were homeschooled. homeschooled. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot going on. Maybe we should finish by talking about Lupin for a little bit. Yeah, well, I have another thing, oh. but I don't know. Maybe it, it's in the train car. It's yep. just a tiny note. It's about the pocket sneakoscope. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a reference back to when Harry gets the packages for right. his 13th birthday in that earlier chapter. Um, he gets a sneakoscope from Ron. Right. And Ron, in his letter, and I pulled it back up for my notes, he says this is a pocket sneakoscope. If there's someone untrustworthy around, it's supposed to light up and spin. Bill says it's rubbish, sold for wizard tourist, and isn't reliable because it kept lighting up at dinner last night. But he didn't realize Fred and George had put beetles in his soup. Mm-hmm. And then the sneakoscope makes its way back into this chapter, starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to figure out, and basically, like what what they come to is like, oh, it's just broken or mm-hmm. whatever. They're gonna get it looked get at. Get it looked at. Uh, but there is something definitely, this is definitely something that is going to become more relevant later on, yeah. but we don't see it right now. No, no, not at all. Yeah. It's a great little, couple of clues. Not only is it like in the train car, but it was in the letter itself. And so it's this whole prior like, to thing. Harry and Hermione yeah. being nearby. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, there, yeah, it's pretty great. The sneakoscope is a great, uh, you know, plot device here mm-hmm. to have ring-a-ling-a-ding-dong, you know, whenever, in some, in seemingly like randomness and to have yeah. this idea of it being broken mm-hmm. is pretty great. So, yeah, on the train car, they are with a professor. They're new professor. Yeah, they are. I mean, I think it's a, it's another great way to introduce a character like this, like could not be contrasted more from Lockhart. Mm-hmm. just shows up no fanfare taking the train which they harry mentions he didn't even know like professors could ride it yeah it never occurred to him uh lots of commentary on his appearance uh, and the appearance of his belongings being kind of dilapidated yeah you know i didn't put this together until just now but like the appearance stuff is keeps coming up of like the way Sirius Black is described and, like, Vernon's whole thing of, like, oh, he looks like a criminal. And, like, the first impression thing of, like, who is this guy? And, like, he he doesn't seem to be moving. I love how there, or Ron or whoever is concerned that he's, is he actually alive still? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like, oh, it's Professor, Professor Lupin. Yeah, it's amazing writing to have somebody basically sleep Mm. And still, like, you get an impression of, like, what's going on. Yeah. Because there's already, it's actually a little bit curious, like, right? Like, he's an adult wizard who Dumbledore hired to be a professor, but he's just sound asleep. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is, it's like this weird, I even now I get this, like, weird sense of, like, this is so strange. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? Why? There must be some explanation, of course, that there is. Yeah. So I think it's just also like there are certain times and she doesn't tell us JK Rowling if this is necessarily true for sure. But it seems like Lupin is like coming in and out of being asleep because like when Malfoy comes in, he like starts. Yeah. And then obviously he's like completely alert when the Dementor comes in. Mm-hmm. So there it makes me wonder like how much makes probably Harry, Ron and Hermione should have wondered like how much is he overhearing? They were just like, Oh, he's clearly sound asleep. And yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe he is, maybe he isn't. We never know necessarily, but I think it's, uh, it's really interesting. And then obviously Snape's death glare at him, you know, 
Harry says he recognized Snape's glare at mm-hmm. him as a... Yeah, so I if my memory of the movie, we get a lot more of the detail and imagery in the movie than in the book because Harry is basically passed out or like a captivated or uh, not... Uh, Incapacitated? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not really describing what's happening other than like oh it's kind of like his eyes roll back and you can't right. see anything and there's a description of like the white fog or whatever right, right but in the movie you get that advantage of the third person or i don't know if that's what it's called, right, the third right, person right. like the observer of the whole scene um well, you get the second hand telling you do from- and you also get but the, um in contrast in the book we get two other characters in the compartment mm-hmm. with neville and Ginny, and i think yeah. it's it's particularly <laughs> useful actually it's it's great again because like they seem more affected than ron and hermione mm-hmm. yeah and they're once we understand Dementors better, yeah. and we understand Neville's background better, yeah. we already know Ginny has had certain background. Like, yeah. when we understand, like, what the screaming is that Harry mm-hmm. hears and, like, why it affects him worse than other people, yeah. we see that, like, Ginny seems to be the second worst affected, right? She's, right. like, shivering and mm-hmm. super-duper pale. Am I making this up? Did she get sick? I can't remember. I, I might have made that up. Might have, yeah. uh, like, inferred it in my mind. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean the Dementor man. It it's just it's just so much. They're just such uh, frightening inclusion into the world because they're like this un. They're like the black box because mm-hmm. we don't even necessarily we can't even necessarily comment on their evilness, right? Of like the we can infer what they're about from their actions but it's hard to they don't seem to communicate very well yeah i mean it's very Uh, it's interesting because when dumbledore (laughs) talks to the students he basically is like they won't like um they won't hesitate they ignore yeah they don't hesitate they will ignore like you can't rationalize or reason with them there's no explanation it's it makes it seem like it's so strange of a relationship to have to say this is the ministry like we are working with the ministry and the ministry has this like the ministry is the reason that this is here it's from this like protective point of view but it's also um Uh, that's why i like the background because you can really start to see the logic of the long term like there hasn't ever been this many as like a cluster it doesn't seem like but then they're like habitating this they're inhabiting this island and then like somebody gets the brilliant slash stupid idea Mm. to put a prison there because like it'll save money apparently Mm. and then like it's an effective prison so then it's very hard politically to get the will up to not do it Mm -hmm. and then you have like you said the circumstance of diggory getting dragon pox and you lose the sort of momentum necessary Mm -hmm. i think it's really fascinating that like there's a public wizarding fear that the Dementors will invade them, the mainland of mm-hmm. Britain, because if they <laughs> take the prisoners away, hmm. it's just a lot. I mean, it's yeah. such a... You can see... Without going too extreme, you can sense... It, it, it's the perfect position for a creature like this in, in the role of law and order. Mm-hmm. Like, that torture them doesn't matter like out of sight out of mind like thank god we have the dementors when you start to like 
actually like be grateful that they're there because nobody ever escapes. The reason nobody escapes is because they torture the crap out of everyone. Yes. So yeah. Yeah. they break them, right? Yeah. Which is a cruel form of justice if it is that at all yeah so cool yeah so uh something else hagrid we get that reminder oh, yeah. that hagrid Maybe. is the instructor and yeah. like harry went like real deep i was just like oh yay hagrid and he's like oh yeah we cleared his name last year he was <laughs> you know wrongly accused of a crime he didn't commit and i was like oh yeah <laughs> and i got mad about that all over again <laughs> but uh and he went to azkaban yeah right yeah right <laughs> like hagrid yeah, deserves right. better he's like, oh here here here's a rule of being so now we're putting like, oh, fudge's actions into even more context now that we know like why Hagrid wouldn't go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It occurs to me just now that I wonder if Dementors are basically the only creature that Hagrid is afraid of. I mean, because mm. it's not part of his personality to be like not to not think something is misunderstood. But these mm. beings in Azkaban, no, that's the line. So yeah. Or maybe it's Fudge. because nobody... Oh, don't worry, old old Bean. We'll yeah. get you out of there. Maybe it's because nobody knows how to... So, like, part of Newt is like, oh... Uh, well, no, actually, there was that other... What was that thing that we saw? There was something with Newt in, in Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them, and I was like, wait, he might be wrong about this sort of beast. I can't remember what it was exactly. But by doing research, like, yeah. trying to understand and be like, there's another way to interact... And maybe because no one's found a way to make Dementors not be yeah. this painful to... Which I can't remember answers. either, but yeah, yeah. maybe maybe a listener will remember or we can look <laughs> back. Yeah. Um, let's see. The There's a lot of little minor details, but... Oh. What? Was it Aragog? Acromantulus? Oh, yeah, it must have been the Acromantulas. That's why we looked it up, because it was in the last book, Aragog. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. Uh, So some of the... There's, like, more of, like, the setup. So these, like, beginning chapters are always... It's kind of like the... You know, on TV shows where it's like previously on yeah. blah blah blah. So it's it's she weaves it in there. It's in there of like reminding you of like, although she's like very intense on this detail that she literally writes that Draco and Harry are enemies, <laughs> and I'm just like, wait. <laughs> so <laughs> is we, Snape and we Harry established that? Um, and like language about like seeing Draco and his cronies, and so it's like very derogatory and just kind of like, all right, we know what this relationship is, and we're kind of reinscribing that. Um, Percy is head boy, and so mm-hmm. like they're heading toward their the Gryffindor dormitory at the end, and he says the first new password of the year, Fortuna Major. Mm-hmm. And I looked this up because I was like, well, I wonder what it means. And apparently it's Latin for the greater fortune, but it's also part of this thing called geomantic figures. And there there are oh 16 of them. I haven't looked at all of them, but there, it's this thing that there are symbols that are used in uh, divination, some sort of ancient divination. And a lot of them, there there are elements that relate to astrology like the stars mm-hmm. so there's one of the geomantic figures is albus another one is rubius and so there's some that we'll see because i think jk rowling has already 
explained in some interviews of the namings of these mm-hmm. serious, you know, things that are connected to stars and things like that, uh, or just like, you know, other historical context or uh, cultural context. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I just wanted to leave cool. that I would like to explore so mo- some more. Because there's also like imagery. Mm-hmm. So the one for Fortuna Major um, it's this shape and there's like little dots and it kind of branches up and it's supposed to represent uh, or resemble blessings growing from the earth and being fruitful in the air. And so it's kind of good fortune. And so that's that's part of like the larger context of that phrase and hmm. meaning and connection. Wow. Yeah, it was it is that kind of chapter, you know, it's the, the weaving of like there's some old stuff. There's a lot of new stuff mm-hmm. and then a lot of repetition. Yeah. But cool. Yeah. So we're we're back at Hogwarts. Yay. All right. All right. Until next time. Wands ready. ready.